Hello, and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence, Holy Family, and St. Joseph in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Dan Rhoda, and with me, I have some special guests. I have two of uh, the handmaids with us. We have Sister Bernadette and Sister Therese Marie. Uh, thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. Yeah, it's a... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great to have you. You know, we normally Father Eli's on, and uh, he's great. But <laughs> the handmaids always, you know, add a little, a little, a little spice. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, today uh, we're gonna be talking a little bit about um, catechesis of the Good Shepherd, which is something that we're just starting up here at the parishes. Um, that the handmaids are kind of uh, uh, introducing. You know, introducing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a, a good way to put it. So. Uh, But before we do that, uh, Sister, would you open us with a little prayer? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we ask you to pour out your Spirit in our hearts that we may know that we are your beloved children, that we may be fully dependent on you and put all of our trust and confidence in you, that you will provide everything that we need. We ask you to be present with us at this time, that we may be drawn closer to you and your presence in our daily lives. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, sister. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so just uh, really quick, uh, maybe highlight a little bit of what's going on uh, this week, just in the parishes. Uh, Father Eli is gone. There's the, the priest, or the, the clergy conference, which this, this year is just a priest conference. Um, but uh, that should be really good. I'm excited for all those guys. Um, but then uh, this upcoming Tuesday, so um, I guess, what's well, this Tuesday? So a week from today, the 13th. Uh, the 12th. Sorry, the 12th. You're right. Thank you. That was, that was a, a test you passed. <laughs> the, the, the 12th will be uh, Intro to Catholicism, which is the kind of our, our RCIA program, right? Which mm-hmm. um, you also do work with. Right. So, yep. It's, um, it's open for all of our parishioners or even friends of our parishioners, anybody that wants to learn more about the faith. Yeah, and, and it's kind of been, for the last couple of years, a collaborative effort with our parishes with uh, St. James also, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. Yep, Father Rich Kunst and Father Eli and two handmaids will be um, leading different talks throughout the year. Yeah, I've, I've never attended, but I've heard they're great, so th- maybe this I'll, I'll have to attend some of them this year. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, so that's 6.30 p.m. at Holy Family every every Tuesday, unless, mm-hmm. you know, it's like Christmas or something. Right. Yeah, okay. Um, great. Well, well, yeah, so this uh, this year, and just last week, uh, yep. right, was yep. the first uh, couple classes of Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I don't really know that much about it. I've researched it a little bit, and I, I just know what I, other people have told me, which is like, oh, it's mm-hmm. good. And the kind of like style of learning that mm-hmm. it is, um, but uh, yeah, I guess could could you two kind of explain maybe where um, I, what it is and kind of where it came from? Yes. So, Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, we love. <laughs> um, basically, it is a monastery. So Maria Montessori started this particular education for children to do more hands-on type work and. Um, just to help them learn with their hands, because that's often how children learn. And so she also had this um, 
moment of desiring religious education to be a part of that. And she never was able to get it fully started, but then uh, two other Italian women came after her. Uh, One was a scripture scholar and one was very involved in liturgical life. And they discovered that this was true, that children needed some form of religious education in Montessori education. And so they went for it and uh, started to introduce different scripture uh, stories, scriptural stories, so parables, but also stories of Jesus's life uh, to the children with using different materials is what they're called. So having real little figurines that are made out of clay or wood or whatever, depending on the location, even in the world. And uh, then the children can use these materials and continue to work with them after the passage is presented to them by uh, the catechist. And just inspire in them this awe and wonder of what God is telling them through this passage or what he's telling all of us. Um, And so, yeah, it's just more recently um, in the U.S. become a greater education for religious ed of children. And it starts with children ages uh, three to six is what we're going to be starting with also in our parishes. Um, And it does continue on into older levels. You just have to get training for each of them. So (laughs) it takes a little time. Um, but there is a special room where the children gather called an atrium. And so at St. Lawrence, we have a special little atrium with all of the different materials. And it's meant to be just a beautiful place for the children to be able to enter into and lead them to um, have their hearts open to encounter the Lord so that from there they can then encounter the Lord in the liturgy as well as in scripture themselves. Uh, but Sister Tresmarie, I feel like, has a great explanation of the atrium, and so I'm going to pass it off to her. <laughs> Good. Parishioners have asked me, well, what is an atrium? Why is it called that? Couldn't you just call it a classroom or the catechist room or things like that? But the atrium um, was actually, in the church's tradition, the, the word that was used to describe the place, like the room that you enter before you actually enter into the church. Like the, the church space proper is different. So there's like an entryway into the church and that would be called the atrium. And so this as a specific place for children to encounter the Lord, it's an entryway into their relationship with God in a particular way that, that leads them into the liturgy because a lot of the things that we work with with the children um, have to do with scripture and liturgy. And so we will point out just what, what you see Father does at, at Mass, you'll see this done here. Um, we teach them different things like gestures or liturgical colors or things that they get to have a model altar in the atrium also. So we always say this is a model altar or a model chalice, but you'll get to see Father with the real beautiful chalice, um, even though their model one is still metal and it's still beautiful, but they they know it's just a model um, experience that will lead them to thinking about the liturgy and to, and to pondering God. Um, so the atrium is like a gateway into on the heart of the church, which is the liturgy and um, and scripture. Okay, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's great. So, um, I want to backtrack a little bit because I'm not super familiar with the like Montessori mm-hmm. education style. So, you could mm-hmm. you talk like a little bit about like what that means? 
Yes, I will try my best. Um, so we handmaids and other sisters in other houses were trained in catechesis of the Good Shepherd. So we got a brief intro. But Montessori education simply is where children um, go. And it's not like your average classroom style education where you're sitting in a desk and you're getting lectured or you're getting worksheets or different things, which are all good. And we all, I feel like, grew up on that and have Mm -hmm. been formed in that. Yeah. Uh, But it was more of a way for the children to come into a space where they can work with whatever materials are presented to them. So they might have a certain area that has science type things that they can work with. And the child can choose what material they'd like to work with and to use in order to repeat and uh, continuously rework with things because with children they need a lot of repetition Mm -hmm. um, in their lives as do adults but mostly children Um, and then they can uh, more so just so I think Maria Montessori's um, idea was just to give allow children to choose on their own how they would like to uh, learn but not but also giving them guidelines of how to go about that so they can choose on their own um but at the same time have some guidelines of we roll out our mat and we do this so kind of to control their bodies yeah yeah. as they're working with whatever they're working with um but what i have found in primarily catechesis of the good shepherd which is montessori style uh is that it really elevates the dignity of the child that they can actually choose what they want to learn and they will discover through the awe and wonder that they have towards whatever it might be. Um, sure. And so yeah. maybe to it's like more like experiential rather yes. than yeah. like today we're going to do this yeah. and here's your worksheet, which exactly. for certain things is good, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Right. So like a practical example could be rather than looking at the board at a map, like a geography map of, let's say, the Holy Land. We'll have a student that ha- we have a little puzzle that has the Holy Land pieces and all of the regions la- like as different colors, like the region of Judea. And so we'll teach them how to take the puzzle and and put it t- back together again. And we'll, we'll describe this and we'll, we'll say those words over and over. This is Judea. Judea is brown. And then they'll come back, they'll be able to tell me, well, wh- show me where Judea is, or show me where Galilee is. And so they work with the map, and then we also I- instill in them, um, this is, like, do you know, where, where, did, where was Jesus born? Where did he die? Where, did he, where was his ministry? So we actually get to show them, like, the geography, and they get hands-on to move these little puzzle pieces, and they get to learn the words that go along with them. And so there's different layers of them getting, they might go back to that same puzzle over and over. And that's how they learn the concepts of these are the the real places in the world that have names. And this is where Jesus did these things. It's also very one-on-one based. So we would be doing that with one child before me. So the catechesis isn't me in front of 15 children. Some of the things are, but very few. It's more, I'm going to work and walk with each child individually or maybe in pairs. And then as I see their progression of, they can name all of these different regions. Okay, they're ready for this next thing. So now I'm going to introduce this next thing to this particular child. Um, So you can let them kind of discover and go as 
learn all these things as um, they're able to. Sure. So, so. like kind of going at their own pace. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also challenging them, but yeah, going at their own pace. Sure. Yep. Yeah. And another really neat thing about this catechesis is it also revolves around the liturgical year. So we have in mind Christmas will be coming up after Advent. So we introduce what Advent is. And then during the Advent season, I'll present to the children one-on-one the story of the angel appearing to Mary and then the, the visitation, like these particular moments of the life of, of Mary and Jesus so that by the time Christmas comes, they're, they're ready to receive, well, we've been waiting for Jesus to be born and this is what happens. So they get to wear these figurines during Advent and they might go back to that one moment of the Annunciation over and over and ponder wow, what was that like for Mary to have a baby inside of her and those things? Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, so, I mean, I know you, you kind of mentioned that there's like there's other age groups, like it goes, mm-hmm. like, like h- how far does it go? Yep, so usually age 12. Okay. Yeah, okay. so there are three different levels that someone can get trained on level one, level two, and level three, and they're all kind of broken up of the three different age groups, so three to six, six to nine, nine to 12. Okay. Um, And as you get further and further, the concepts go obviously deeper and deeper. Um, But another thing with Maria Montessori, she kind of had a a map or, yeah, like a map of where the developmental stages are for each child. And so at this youngest of ages, the child, they're all about receiving the gift, joy, and celebration, and uh, what's the last one? There's one more. I can't quite remember. Um, Yeah, it's not there. Oh, and knowing that they're loved. Um, So they're all about joy and knowing they're loved and wanting to receive the gift. Whereas once they get into ages six through nine, then um, they are starting to get to that place of reason, And so the ideal with having the younger children is that they'll already know that they're loved and that they're a great gift and they're delighted in and all these things. And that'll be rooted in their hearts um, that God loves them and wants them to be with him. And so all that they do, they want to be a part of creation with God and loving him because he loves them. So then when they get to the ages of six to nine, and that's the time where they're receiving those first sacraments and reconciliation primarily, they now know that um, God loves them. So when I sin, I actually want to go to confession because I want, I've done something that has hurt this relationship with God, but he loves me so much and I want to mend that relationship. So I'm going to go to the sacrament because I love him so much and he loves me and I want to fix that relationship we have um rather than for many of us um it was i'm a bad person because i sin and some of us still maybe struggle with this and god is going to be mad at me that i sin and so i need to go and apologize because that's the right thing to do god loves me yes but it's more the i need to do better and so i need to go to confession um so with the youngest of children it's to really Um, work with where they're at in their um, development of they know they're loved and so Mm -hmm. we're going to reverence that and help them to really root in their hearts that God loves them very deeply and then it'll help them as life goes on so yeah I I, I like the idea of of, yeah like kind of working with their like uh, like development Mm -hmm. like like where are they at and what do they need Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. 
looking at it from that perspective uh, just makes a lot of sense to me. And especially for like the younger group, because yeah, if you're gonna have like all right, everyone sit in your chair and we'll look at the board and where, where we you know show you <laughs> or go over like a presentation of the Holy Land, that's probably not gonna go yeah. very well. <laughs> you have a few crawling <laughs> under <Right>. their chairs <laughs> on the table. <laughs> and I know I've been amazed. They have such potential. They have a great capacity for learning mm. the, even vocabulary terms like tabernacle. I know our three-year-olds already are starting to. Like our three or four year old, like told me that's a tabernacle, and so they have such a potential and a capacity that we we want to you know honor their dignity as as where they're at in their life, and they actually can le- learn a lot more than we think that they can at this point, at their the, in the way that you know if we can teach them in the way that they can receive it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Uh, so it started last week, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, yeah, can can you maybe share like a little, like couple like stories of just like yeah. um, experiences? Um, let's see. So I guess the first day, I have to be honest, I was in tears <laughs> um, that it was happening. Just in a beautiful because, way, not a yes, sad way. It was uh, out of joy, <laughs> um, mainly because this has been just a project that my heart has totally been won over by um, from being formed in it and trained in it. But then doing all of the intensive labor to get the atrium ready, um, it was just a lot of work, just asking people to build things and uh, making sure we have everything, and it's still a work in progress. But having the children actually present, especially on Monday, which was the first day that we were able to see it, and seeing Sister Therese Marie, I was more observing, she was the main catechist on Mondays, uh, watching her teach them things and their excitement just to simply learn how to get her attention, um, which is they, if they want our attention, they stand and look at us with their hands behind their back and just wait patiently. And then they would model it, and it was really precious. But it also it just made me realize that um, that these children, they want to be challenged to do these things um, or uh, they want to they're excited for this new thing that is here now. Um, and then also our Wednesday session, which I'm the main catechist, that one, uh, they were shorter sessions the first round just because the children probably can't stay. It'll be overwhelming the first night to have an hour and a half. So we had 45 minutes the first one, and Wednesday I was teaching, and they were starting to work with different things, so working on puzzles or random things at first just to get them accustomed to what the atrium is. And when I brought them back to the table, they were, we want more time. We didn't have enough time to work. And I was like, yes, I'm grateful that you feel that way. You want to come back to the atrium. <laughs> uh, but then at the end, I think this was the most precious. We asked them what they want to thank Jesus for, for their day in the atrium. And they just want to thank Jesus for the simplest things. So they have working mats, which they work all like do all their work on, and they simply unroll them and walk around them so they don't step on whatever's on the mat and roll them back up. And some of them are practicing this, especially on Monday. <laughs> and so they, in their sweet um, simplicity, one boy said, uh, I want to thank Jesus for our working mats. <laughs> and so then sister says, thank you, Jesus, for our working mats. And they all say it, and they're all thank so you, happy. <laughs> so it inspired in me just this great um, 
place of what am I need to be grateful for every little thing, like literally. So in our holy hour that evening, I was one crying out of joy, but at the same time, I was just looking at everything in our chapel and our convent and wow, thank you, Jesus, for this. And thank you for that. And so it's going to, as much of a gift as it'll be for the children, it'll be a huge gift for us and for their parents, I'm sure. Yeah, that's really cool. That's yeah. cool, cool story. And to see how, um, yeah, just in like little ways, how um, like the kids can be impacted, but then everyone else can be impacted by that also. Yeah. Like that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but you have brought us a little bit of a, of a, um, I'm a little, like a reflection, a reflection, <laughs> a meditation um, kind of and thing, may- maybe like a, a a part of what, um, you, to a certain extent, you would do with the kids, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, as its name, Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, we would read through this passage of the Good Shepherd, the Parable of the Good Shepherd, in John ten with the children, and we would have materials that Sister Therese Marie and one of our parishioners helped make. Um, they're little 2D wood figurines of a shepherd and five sheep with their heads down and five sheep with their heads up. And that's uh, sheepfold. sheepfold and the sheepfold, exactly. Um, and so while we read this story, we move the figurines at different moments very slowly so that the children can really take in whatever they're listening to. So you can imagine this (laughs) as you hear it. Um, And maybe someday you can come into our atrium and see our little sheep and little figurines. They're really precious. So this is like the main, what it's all centered around. There are technically three different parts to it. We're just going to do the first part. Maybe someday you'll get a taste of the later parts. Um, So, yeah, I'm adapting it to adults. Uh, But here we go. I'm just going to read through The Good Shepherd, Chapter 10, and kind of give just different pondering questions that we would maybe do with the children in the atrium. Cool. Yeah, great. Thanks. All right. So, I don't know. Since we're with adults, we'll make this a prayer. So we'll start in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever does not enter a sheepfold through the gate, but climbs over elsewhere, is a thief and a robber. But whoever enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice as he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has driven out all his own, he walks ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. But they will not follow a stranger. They will run away from him because they do not recognize the voice of strangers. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. I am the good shepherd. A good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A hired man who is not a shepherd and whose sheep are not his own sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away, and the wolf catches and scatters them. I am the good shepherd, and I know mine, and mine know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I will lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. These also I must lead, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock, one shepherd." So what makes this shepherd so good? 
And how do the sheep know to follow the shepherd? Do you think the shepherd knows your name? Do you recognize the shepherd's voice? What about when a stranger calls? Do you follow him or do you notice that it is not the shepherd's voice? And who might these sheep be? Jesus says that a good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So the shepherd, he must really love his sheep. How do you think we can hear the shepherd's voice? Do you want to hear his voice? Jesus, we entrust ourselves to you, you who are the good shepherd. You who know each of us by name. We ask that you would help us to open our hearts to hear your voice. Help us to be able to discern your voice from the voice of strangers and to follow after you. Reveal yourself to us in, in the gift of your voice. Help us to trust in you as you lay down your life for each one of us. Give all glory and praise to you as we say, all glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, beginning is now, now, and ever shall, shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Great. Thanks, sister. That was, that was awesome. You're welcome. Um, yeah, that's that's really cool. And I like um, yeah, just kind of bringing the kids, kind of like helping them to like like ponder the scripture in like a like a like kind of keeping with that like experiential way, like hey, mm-hmm. like how, um, yeah, just kind of be like like how how are you experiencing this? Like what mm-hmm. are, what do you um, like if you were the sheep or like mm-hmm. whatever? Like mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah one girl said, I I think it sounds like my dad's voice. Yeah, I did oh, this yeah. at the school last year. And she okay, said that. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and kind of. I guess I would assume a part of it is like helping them to uh, 
like I mean to a certain extent like like learn how to pray learn mm-hmm. how to like like how do you talk to you God, how to how do you talk to God how, do, how does God talk to you mm-hmm. um, which is like those are things that a lot of adults are still like trying to figure out right mm-hmm. and so this mm-hmm. is uh, like a way for to help like kids actually like to mm-hmm. it fosters a, a real relationship yeah. yeah before they have too many walls up like us adults often <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do yeah 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 yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Th- yeah that's really that's really cool yeah one one thing too is we'd never tell them that they're the sheep and that we're the sheep so we just kind of let them figure that out on their own and we keep asking them randomly random moments after this presentation who do you think those sheep are do you think you know who those sheep are and just let them sit with that and mm-hmm. ruminate in them and eventually they come to it but yeah 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 so like yeah helping them to also like figure it out and not mm-hmm. just kind of give them that worksheet with yeah you're, you're the sheep and yeah what are the right answers yeah although yeah. They, they do come to the real answers it's just a matter of like and that's the, the where the depth comes in yeah. when, they, when they come to it themselves they receive it even more mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah. that's really cool um yeah I'm, I'm excited to kind of continue to you know hear some mm-hmm. stories about what's going on and um yeah maybe you know some people listening they will mm-hmm. <laughs> grab you two randomly and be yeah. like hey i, w- I, w- I want to know some more <laughs> stories i, w- I like want to we'd be know, happy know what's going on. if you do that <laughs> so um so yeah yeah it seems like a just a really cool uh opportunity that mm-hmm. we're kind of starting in our parishes yeah and uh yeah, hopefully, you know, something that really helps help these kids to encounter the Lord and to to kind of create that foundational relationship mm-hmm. in their life. Yeah. So, Yeah, it'll definitely be a gift for our entire parish. I'm very convinced of that. So, yeah. 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 Beautiful. Well, uh, yeah, thank you, both of you, for, uh, for joining me today um, and, yeah, taking time out of your busy schedules. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm very thankful and... Um, yeah, no, pe- people always love when you come on the show also. so Thank you. So. We, yeah, we love our, our people very much. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> thank you all well, those who have helped us build things also. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and th- they were saying before that they still need people to build things. So if, if, you, if yes. you're a carpenter out there and you have uh, a set of skills, um, I, I know a couple uh, sisters that can <laughs> use some help. We have little projects, so we're... Yeah. <laughs> And it, it's been such a huge gift, too, for our parishioners mm-hmm. who have been so generous to helping the cause and in inviting them into into this beautiful work. And so we look forward to continue sharing the beautiful stories. And, um, yeah, it, it's just brought so much life within our, our own parish community also already before we even started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, yeah, thank you again. Uh, thank, thank you, everybody, for, for listening. Uh, That's going to be it for this week's episode, but we will catch you again next week.